Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 15-plus-year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original music is available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, and most other places you get your music online. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. If you've got an extra buck or two, if you wouldn't mind tossing the podcast tip jar, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Also, consider you helping get the word out in the street via social media, five-star rating interview in iTunes, and or tell a friend or two. Happy Thought of the Day is by Mary Chapin Carpenter. It's a marvelous feeling when someone says, I want to do this song of yours because they've connected to it. That's what I'm after. Thanks for tuning in and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 222. Please support this week's sponsors, 45th Parallel Distilleries, ID Chrysler, Pine City, the B-Dell Club, and K9-inspired change. Also, thanks to all the folks who contribute to this podcast on Patreon.com. I think I injured my ears while working in Breezy Point last weekend. The ringing just will not go away. I'm finally going to see an audiologist and ENT doctor tomorrow. And I really hope to get some answers. Being a musician, I've always battled with tinnitus. But this latest spell has been brutal. Ear protection, everyone, before it's too late. Last week's Geeks Wrap-Up. Wednesday, I played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Great to be back at the pub. Rob even trusted me to announce the women in New Hope winners. Thursday, I played a duo show at Beedale Club in Roseville, Minnesota. The Nesvold brothers rocked the house. Friday, I played a private show at Hefe in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Ridiculously long load-in, but a fun show and a super cool space. Saturday, I played a duo show at Eagle Lounge in Fox Creek, Wisconsin. Thanks to State Rep Gay and company for rocking out with us. Upcoming shows. Wednesday, January 15, 2020, I'll be playing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Friday, January 17th, I'll be playing a private solo show at Summerby Golf Course in Byron, Minnesota. Saturday, January 18th, I'll be playing a solo show at Carmine's in Bloomington from 7 to 10.30 p.m. Guest this week. It's part two of two with popular Minnesota singer-songwriter Sarah Morris. We talk her new album, All Mine, Nashville, 1990s Country, and more. Enjoy the conversation. Minneapolis singer, songwriter, Sarah Morris. Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Podcast. We're here with part two with Sarah. Uh, we just had a nice uh, greeting by her dogs again. <laughs> Took a little break to say hi. Oh, 
Well, they did. They said hi. Yes, they did. We have a similar friend in Nate Asuncion. Are you from Roseville then? Yes. And hi, did Nate. you start playing music in high school, or elementary school? How did your music career start up? Oh, sure. I mean, I always was involved with music. I took piano from an early age. I started voice lessons probably earlier than I should have because I just always loved singing. Um, very much of the like, can I be Madonna? Can I be Cindy Lauper? Then I, can I be Mariah Carey? Um, I did a lot of theater and choir in high school and started. So in in junior year, I met the person who became a husband, and uh, he really introduced me to country music, and that was really like a big deal for me because it was the first. Um, I don't know. My parents were anti-country music for sure. And, but once I, uh, started to hear the, like how good the songwriting was, there was just something about it that clicked for me and it really changed everything that, and you know what? I had a friend who made a mixtape, uh, Megan Engstrom. She made amazing mixtapes and she put passionate ki- kisses on there and Mary Chapman Carpenter singing it, but it's by Lucinda Williams. And that song was just like everything to me. So I still think of that song as being kind of a game changer. So after high school, I had already decided I wanted to go to a music school for college. So I did. I went to Lawrence University, which is in Appleton, Wisconsin. They have a conservatory there. And so you got to really dig into music. I was music ed there. I thought I wanted to teach. Um, I started to, I taught myself how to play guitar in college. I played it badly in my dorm room for maybe my roommate and a boyfriend. And like, that's it. Never publicly. Um, and then I decided that I wanted to move to Nashville after college. So I finished up my student teaching and I moved to Nashville back before it was as cool as it is now. It was, um, September of 2002, I moved out there and I really don't, I didn't have any, uh, big plans, you know, I, my friend gave me a book of how to make it in Nashville and the book explained that you needed to write your own songs and I hadn't written anything. Buddy Chris and I headed over to Buddy Travis's to watch playoff football yesterday and I told him about the new sponsor, 45th Parallel Distilleries and to my surprise, Chris told me the same story of years ago when we first tried 45th Parallel Vodka at Ingredients in Wiper Lake and both thought it was the best vodka ever. 45th Parallel is a family-owned craft distillery in New Richmond, Wisconsin. They opened their doors in 2007 and went from making a single vodka to producing dozens of different spirits, including gins, whiskeys, and citrus liqueurs. 45th Parallel distillers are committed to slow craft philosophy, slow fermentation, slow infusion, slow distillation, slow blending, slow aging. Their mission is to create high-quality spirits using local ingredients whenever possible and to provide visitors with a great experience. Stop in and check them out at 1570 Madison Avenue, New Richmond, Wisconsin. Check out 45thparalleldistillery.com for hours and more information. So when you're looking for quality alcoholic beverage to bring to the college football championship party, weekend get-together, Super Bowl party, or just having a cocktail while out and about listening to your favorite local musicians, try a 45th Parallel Distillery product. You won't be disappointed. Please drink responsibly. 
So right before I moved to Nashville, I co-wrote three songs with my friend Lori, and we put them on a CD. Because why wouldn't you just put the first three songs you ever write on a CD? <laughs> just kidding. Don't do that, kids. Maybe. Um, and so I moved down there. I got a job at a restaurant, and I had my little demo, and and it didn't take me long for to realize that I wanted to keep that little demo in my garage because, you know, I just was like, oh, this is really serious. It's just a different um, world in a great way. And so I lived in Nashville for four years. I kind of look at it as the grad school of life. Everybody I knew was a songwriter and a singer and wanting to make it also. And we had a great community and I learned a lot about songwriting and I got to sing harmony for a lot of my friends and I got to sing my own stuff. Um, I started to play guitar out. My husband used to play with me. And then I was like, oh, I don't think I just want to be the girl who's needs a guy to play guitar for her. So I took guitar lessons. I took voice lessons. Um, it was all really, really valuable. And uh, my husband and I moved back here so he could go to law school. And I kept writing and started playing out in town, which was great. You could make money, a little tiny bit of money doing that here. Where in Nashville, you were definitely never getting paid no. to sing. And my first gig was Ingredients Cafe in White Bear Lake. Um, and then, yeah, so I, it was very, that was 2007 when we moved back here. Uh, no, 2006. And so it's just been really slow and steady ever since then. We had babies in 2009 and 2012. And both times I had children. I didn't have anything to say as a writer. So I kind of paused on writing, but I never stopped performing. And, you know, over time I grew a band and um, the big change for me came in 2014 when I, a person I did not know but was a Facebook friends with posted that they were going to start the Songwriter Challenge. And the thing was for the summer of 2014, there was 12 weeks. They were going to do 12 words. You were to write a song a week um, and share that song with the group. And I was totally scared like that, that I read that and I felt this like that flip in your tummy that's like, I want to do this. And also it scares the heck out of me. Um, and so I went to my husband. We had, you know, they were little, they were four and one at the time. And I was like, hey, I need to do this for myself. Like I need to, I keep saying I'm a songwriter, but I'm not writing songs, but like one a year. And so I need to see if I can do this. And I said, and it'll probably look different than for our summer because I'm going to put more effort into it. And um, and it was really just a game changer for me. I respond super well to a deadline. And I'm the only person. So now this songwriting group has been going on since 2014. We operate in the summer once a week. It's 10 weeks now. And then in the winter, it's every two weeks for 10 weeks or like a total of 20 weeks. But you get 10 prompts. I'm the only one that's done every one so far. But five years five and a half years of this writing challenge. And, you know, I've gotten three albums out of it. Um, I've gotten a couple, like, national... I won this national contest, and then I was, like, runner-up in another really great one. And, I mean, it's all just because back in 2014, I saw something that scared me, and I said yes. That's good. When you were in Nashville, were you working with a lot of publishing companies? Or were you trying to get some, uh, were you trying to do the industrial country singer songwriter thing when you were down there? No, I, I mean, I really, I moved down there just kind of like, yeah, I'm going to move to Nashville. 
I told people I wanted to move to Nashville and I just wanted to make sure I followed through. I think I thought maybe I wanted to be like a country singer and that changed so fast when I got there to I want to write songs. You know, I'd love to have been a published published songwriter, but I wasn't. And and really I had barely written. I mean, like I said I'd written 3 songs before I moved to Nashville. So I learned while I was there more than I did anything. You know, I never felt confident enough to pitch my stuff anywhere. I wrote with writers who were better than me. I mean, I think that's the deal. It's how you get good. Um, and and that's what I did. Looks like we're supposed to get a few rounds of snow this week. Traveling around from gig to gig, news like this used to give me anxiety through the roof. Now, although I do pay attention, the weather is much less of a factor in my overall travel plans since I bought my black Jeep Cherokee I got from ID Chrysler, Pine City, Minnesota. When 250,000 miles of my old car was just too much for the poor thing to take, I found myself looking for my new dream ride at ID Chrysler, Pine City, and the staff couldn't have been more helpful with me choosing a vehicle and willing to work with my, as I call it, musician's credit score. Their philosophy is simple, time-saving, hassle-free, fair price. Check out their inventory at IDC. CDJR.com or take the beautiful drive up 35 to 715 Northridge Court, Northwest Pine City, Minnesota to visit them in person. Business hours are Monday through Thursday, 8 to 6 p.m. and Friday and Saturday, 8 to 5 p.m. Closed on Sundays. Check out ID Chrysler Pine City today and enjoy a safe winter season full of adventures and memories out in the open road in a new ride. I'm asking because I checked out your first, your other records you've released, yeah. like Ordinary Things, mm-hmm. Lonely or Free, yes. Grateful Moon, and they seem very country-based. Yeah. And I'm a Wreck seem very, like, new and fresh and kind of like a different style. Sure. And when I was down there, I worked for a publishing company down there for about 10 years. Okay. And I'm just curious if you went through this where... Everything I was writing, I was trying to please somebody else. Yes. And I was doing the playing for the publishers at the Bluebird and all that stuff all yes. the time and auditioning at record labels and things. And it really wasn't me at all, but mm-hmm. that's I was down there doing it. But it really kind of, I've mentioned this in the show a number of times, I think I'm traumatized by it, but like it really screwed up my creative process yeah. in my view. Where we're to the point where we're digging through, like, you know, who, like people that shop at Walmart, you know, what's some things they buy and what's some things they do. And let's put that in a line somewhere. And it was just wrong to me. Yeah, no, I think. So it was so cool to me to listen to your stuff and seeing someone that has spent a lot of time down there and are in all it seems like you've recovered from that at least, but you maybe weren't even going for that in the first place. Well, so when I moved back, I remember the first song that I wrote because I'd never written a song by myself also when I was in Nashville, you know, and I remember sitting down when I had just moved back home and I was like, I guess I should still keep writing. And I wrote a song and it was like a, very raw response to something that had pissed me off, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And when I was done, I was like, huh, this isn't like, no one would probably say this is as good as anything we'd written in Nashville, but it felt like I was just using my own voice for the first time in a long time, you know? And that was really 
awesome. And I mean, it sounds like kind of what, like I felt like here I'm writing just for myself. When I write, and, and now I know this, like if I just write to pretty much to please my artistic self. Or express write, yourself. Or express yeah. myself, whatever. But if I write to my own satisfaction, like that's the best stuff to me. Because it feels good to do it. And if I'm feeling good, like I think other people respond to it. I just feel like as a creative person <clears throat> that there's an amount of like, I'm going to be true to myself. This is going to be, like, I want everyone to love my album, but more than anything, I want to love my album, you know? And I feel like if I love it and I write it to that end or sing it to that end, produce it to that end, it's going to come out um, better. And, you know, underneath all of that, 90s country, like, changed my worldview, you know? Like, so there's always going to be that in there, too, um, because I just... I still feel like they're writing better songs then than, you know, that, I mean, like it was the golden to me. I still listen to 90. I still cover 90s country tunes. Oh, yeah. Who else besides Mary Chapin Carpenter would you rep, recommend, uh, recommend as a classic 1990s country artist? Yeah. So the other one that was a big game changer for me was Kathy Matea's Where Have You Been? Do you know this song? <laughs> Okay, well, it only listen if you want to sob. <laughs> I th- I saw that before. She sang it on the Grammys, and so somewhere it's like what year it was. But I had, didn't know her. I didn't know country. And it's this beautiful song about this couple, you know, classic storyline where you get the hook in three different, like, times in their life, and then the bridge, like, they're in the nursing home and they don't remember it, whatever. But it was just like... How did that just happen? And it's co-written by someone from Minnesota, actually. So it's got really, it's got good, good backbone. But um, so that was one. I loved Patty Loveless. Like I still love Patty Loveless. To the grocery list. It said you don't even know who I'm you know, Garth Brooks and Alan Jackson, all of it. A Diamond Rio, huge Diamond Rio fan. Really? So Diamond Rio, let me think. Is that Meet in the Middle? Is that yes. Diamond Rio? Yeah, yeah. People, um, that still that stuff still gets over when you play nineties yeah, country. Yeah. I went through a period when I started doing modern country like yeah. ten years ago and it was the shits and <laughs> I'll never do it ever right. again. But I can still do nineties. Yeah. And it's still fun to play like some old uh Clint Black oh, or, Clint Black is or great. uh Randy Travis. Yes. Hal Ketchum. Mm-hmm. I think it's all good stuff. My too. husband will play Neil McCoy and we get very excited at this Neil house. Neil McCoy. Yes. I want to tell you all about one of my favorite bars in the Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota area. The B. Dale Club, located on the corner of Counter Road B. And Dale's motto is a place for family, a place for friends, a place for fun. And that is a fact. The food at T-Bird's Cafe and Takeaway is always excellent. Some fun events coming up at the B-Dale. Got the Blues Band on Super Bowl Sunday. Chili Feed, Angie and Jeff's Benefit. Bocce Ball Tournaments, Cribbage League. I'm going to try to catch as many of these events as I am able to. Rob, Natalie, Shelley, and the entire bar staff for all state-of-the-art cocktail artists. I've been told that I've been talked about in these podcast ads. The Waller's Woodhill Cocktails are sounding like hotcakes. Karaoke, live music, pool table, pool tabs, bingo nights, bocce ball tournaments, and much, much more. B. Dale's got it all. Stop by for a cold one soon. 
Neil McCoy played my hometown of Turtle Lake, Wisconsin once. Oh. It's pretty huge. That is big. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but all of that stuff, I mean, you know, I feel like my backbone of of songwriting comes from, you know, this 90s country moment, and then before that, it was all pop stuff or classic, you know, like, I have a huge love for the standards in college. We had to do Gershwin, you know, and Cole Porter and all of, you know, all of those standards are part of it, too, so I feel like that is... Yeah, and it's interesting with I'm a Wreck because production-wise, that is the swankiest, like, funkiest thing on the album. Um, and a lot of that is, you know, just getting different players in and, like, let's have some fun. Let's see where this can go. Um, but I think you could play that song. At least the chorus is still pretty country, but, um, but yeah, the verses are out. I just try to have fun now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's the most important thing. Your aunt... Sue mm-hmm. was so proud, and oh. still she tells me when we worked together at Canine Inspired Change and talks about her Twin Cities Women's Choir. Yes. Aww. So that was really piqued my interest because last year, I think they did one of your songs. Yes. And I saw a video of it on Facebook. How was can you that that's that's really cool to me. Yes. I mean, as a songwriter, I'm sure since you lived in Nashville, you did this like I really still for me like I just want to hear other people sing my songs. Like I love to sing, but that is still like my ultimate dream is having my song speak to someone else enough that they need to sing it and to hear what they would bring to it. Um, so I was a total choir girl throughout. And so when Twin Cities Women Choir, they did the song Used to Be Mine, which I co-wrote with my friend Andy Hackbarth. I wrote it about um, living in Nashville. And uh, yeah, it was such an honor. And I couldn't attend the concert because I had a gig in North Carolina. But I went to the final dress rehearsal and I just like totally lost my lost myself crying. Um, it was just so beautiful. And then I, they do this really great fundraiser in October every year called the Singathon. And so I have sung at it the next last few years. They have like five hours of straight singing, which is really fun. And I sang used to be mine. And my aunt, my other aunt, <laughs> Barb, was like, went to the woman who'd done the solo, who I had never met before, and was like, hey, you should sing it with Sarah right now. And I was like, yeah, hi, hi, new friend. Do you want to sing it with me right now into a microphone? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, well, you're my favorite kind of person. Let's go do something in front of people that we've never practiced. And it was so, so now I got to hear, you know, then another person just like solo sing my song. And it was like so magical. And we had all the good eye contact and it was awesome. That sounds great. It was. My life took a good turn when Copper the Wonder Golden and I became part of Canine Inspired Change. All the heartwarming and memorable experiences we've gained from doing therapy dog work can't be counted or put into words. 
had a great first session at Ramsey County Juvie on Saturday. Teams Nora and Kona did great. Anxious for Mila and River East sessions this week. Canine Inspired Change is a nonprofit organization dedicated to giving vulnerable youth the social emotional tools they need to be active participants in their schools and their communities. Our work helps these remarkable young people transcend trauma, social struggles, and isolation by sparking meaningful connections with dogs, volunteers, and each other. If you are interested in giving back to the community with your dog or contributing to this worthwhile nonprofit organization, please look into Canine. Canine Inspired Change at canineinspiredchange.org. Another thing I read about you is that you are nominated for a number of Midwest CMA awards. That happened this morning. That was this morning? Well, the new ones. I was nominated so, last Americana, year. Americana, vocalist, and songwriter? Yeah, they're all new. Good. You're current, sir. Yes. <laughs> so what is the Midwest CMA Country Music Association? Yeah. There's one around here. Yeah, so they started it mm, two and a half years ago, maybe, and they just wanted to bring together, um, it was a group of people, Paul Thomas is one of the um, beginning people, but they wanted to bring together our community in a stronger way, and they have done some really great programming, they've done, um, they, if you're a member, you have access to songwriter showcases that they offer in a more Nashville style throughout the suburbs more. There's one now starting at the Astro Cafe coming up here. Um, but then they also will do songwriting workshops. They bring in people from Nashville to work with writers, which is really great. And then this will be their second award show. Last year, um, I was up for a few as well, and we got to sing at it, which was, it was really, they, it was a really lovely event. They did it at the Medina. We all sat at tables. There was a red carpet. You know, super fun. And I in every category that I'm nominated for have, you know, people I love in there. So like, I'm can't wait to cheer for them and it's all good. Sounds like another fun party. It, it is. It really was. It felt like a big reunion last year, even though it was the first one. Oh gosh, that's cool. <laughs> and many toilet tunes guests are nominated. So then I feel like an extra layer of, that's good. Pride. Can you give us one more, more reminder of your CD release show? Yes. It's, Friday, February 7th at the Turf Club, and doors are at 7.30. Haley Rydell and her band start at 8.30. My set's at 9.30, and you can learn more. Can I say my website? Oh, of course. Yeah. SarahMorrisMusic.com has links, or you can go to the Turf Club. I mean, the ticket link is up there. I'd love to have everybody there. Everybody. All the people. That's great. We'll promote the heck out of it. <laughs> For story behind the song segment this week, do you want to do Hearts in Need of a Little Repair? Yeah, let's talk about that one. Yeah, so I, put, I thought I'd play that one. I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. So do you mind okay. telling us about that song, the songwriting process, and the recording process of that one? Yeah, Hearts in Need of Repair was... Um, Written for a prompt. <laughs> the prompt was Glory. It was the summer of 2016, I bet. Yes, summer 2016. And the word was Glory. And I had actually just written a song the week before called Morning Glory. And I was I remember being like, what? You guys, I just used that word last week. And uh, <laughs> I, the Hearts in Need Repair came from the fact that in the summer of 2016, it was pre-election and everybody on Facebook was mad at each other all the time. I mean, that's the truth of it. You know, like I would just go on there and people I loved were disagreeing with other people I loved who were disagreeing with other people I loved. And I was like, uh, uh, but we're all people and I love, you know, I just have this very, this reaction that I want to be for things rather than against things. 
always. And I want to be for people and for love and all of that. And so what I felt was, what I was seeing from people was that everyone was a little lonely and everyone was a little angry. And I thought, you know, what if we looked at it differently? Like, And that somehow that I saw that, that uh, hook, Hearts in Need of Repair, came to me and I wrote the song, you know, in a week because it was summertime and I had the same aha moment with it. I was like, oh, you are my, you are my album because why I listen to songs so often is because I want to feel seen and known, right? Like, I don't want to feel so alone in whatever sort of nonsense I'm feeling. And when I can listen to like Jason Isbell, do we have totally different lives? Sure do. But do I still like listen to him? And I'm like, how do you know? You know, I wanted to offer that. in my own clumsy little way. And so that whole album really uh, were songs that went to that, you know. And I had this very, I don't often dream in arrangements. I, that doesn't, that's not how my brain works. It's very lyric based. And, um, but there was something about it. Once we had played it a while, I was like, I really want the album to open with this song. I really want the album to open with like an extended Thomas Nordland, my guitar player. He's just so gifted in many elements of the guitar. But one thing he does really well is set the atmosphere. And I was like, I just want like a bunch of Tom atmosphere to begin the album, like just for a second longer than you expect to hear it. And then we come in with this bass line, and it's like a heartbeat. And um, I'm really thrilled with how that one came out. And I still, I love that song so much. It's long, you know, like I tend to be long-winded when I talk on the podcast. And also when I write, and that does not make them very radio-friendly, but I'm just, I'm really proud of that one. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Sarah Morris, thank you so much for being on the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Check out our new CD, All Mine. If you can, head to the Turf Club on February 7th. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks, Sarah, for being on. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for a new podcast about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. Again, please support this week's sponsors, 45th Parallel Distillery, ID Chrysler Pine City, the BDL Club, and Canine Inspired Change. This is also a listener-supported podcast, so if you'd like to get on board, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. If you enjoyed some of the musical edits on this show, please head on over to your local record store or do some digging on iTunes and load up on some new songs. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time. something else once upon a time mm-hmm. 
Shadow. 